Welcome to Sweet Talk. This broadcast is brought to you by the Continuing Education Workforce Training Division of Idaho State University's College of Technology. This podcast is part of our continuing outreach efforts and the format is conversational. We will be having conversations with businesses, professionals, entrepreneurs, community agencies, and in all cases, difference makers. Now, let's get started with Sweet Talk. Welcome everybody, uh, welcome to Sweet Talk. I'm Gary Salazar, I'm the uh, Director for Continuing right. Education Workforce Training. And uh, joining us today we have uh, Zach Payton. He is the Outfit Manager at South Fork Outfitters. In Swan and, Valley, Idaho. In yeah. Swan Valley, Idaho. And you also own your own business. Down in Florida Keys, yep, Skinny Salt Keys. Charters. Great, Skinny, Skinny? Skinny Salt means Skinny shallow. Skinny Salt Charters. All right, we're gonna talk about that today. This is gonna be really interesting because uh, I don't know very much about fish, except I can't catch anything, and, and having Zach here today is gonna be wonderful. So we're gonna talk to him about fly fishing, a little bit of the business, and uh, just have a fun time. So let's begin with Zach. Thanks for joining us My here pleasure. at Sweet Talk. Really appreciate it. We yeah. had a chance to meet a couple times uh, before, and I found out that you did this, and I thought, what a great, a great conversation this could be. So maybe we could just start with you telling us uh, a little bit about yourself and how you got into this business. Um, well, my name is Zach Payton. I'm born and raised in Pocatello, Idaho. I was going to ISU, trying to get into the engineering program and did various internships at Simplot, ITD, Idaho Transportation Department. And I decided to take a summer off and go work somewhere else. And at the job fair at ISU here, the outfitting, uh, the food and beverage manager was down here uh, trying to get people to bartend and serve and I went up and during the summer uh, we didn't have to be to work till five o'clock and he had a drift boat so he would was generous enough to let us take his drift boat every day so it was the ideal job <laughs> got to fish all day uh, didn't have to be to work until five got to meet a lot of really really great people and I did that for two years and it just really grabbed a hold of me so and the engineering degree went away? Went away. <laughs> <laughs> so um, in that time, I was still teaching at ISU in the uh, sports science department as an adjunct professor. Cool. Uh, I taught uh, rod building, fly fishing, beginning, intermediate, advanced. And um, yeah, so it kind of morphed into a year-round thing fly fishing did. Oh, my gosh. So you knew something about fly fishing before this happened, right? You were... You'd grown up here in Pocatello, you mm -hmm. fished in Idaho, uh, you already had that, that bug. Yeah, my father was great in that, uh, you know, from the time I was very, very young, it wasn't, I'd stay at home while he was gone, uh, I got to go everywhere with him. So whether it be on Topons Creek or up in the Stanley area, our family was always outside and interactive with the outdoors, so it was really great. This is a fantastic place to grow up. I mean, Idaho's got some some really good uh, reputation for fly fishing around here. Absolutely. Uh, some great holes just north of us. I keep hearing about like South Fork. South Fork, Henry's Fork. Henry's Fork, yeah. I mean, there's a lifetime of fishing and water around here. You know, I, I have a brother-in-law says the same thing. He said, and he came up here for the first time and he goes, this is just amazing. Mm -hmm. And he is so into that, he's from Colorado. He came up here and goes, this is incredible, I gotta come back. So uh, you must run into that a lot with your business. We do, you know, we get people from really all over the world and various walks of life and they all 
are blown away. And it's right at our footsteps and right out our back door. And a lot of people, I don't say don't know it's there, but I, they just get caught up in the way of life. And we are truly blessed the yeah. area we're in. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, that's cool. So I, I want to talk a little bit more about the business side. Now you're an mm -hmm. outfit manager. Correct. And as an outfit manager for South Fork Outfitters, what does that mean? Uh, well, the state of Idaho is set up, unlike Montana or other places, where you have to be a licensed outfitter and the guides have to be licensed guides working for a licensed outfitter. Say we're Montana, you can just get your guiding license and pretty much go everywhere. So I have 26 guides, uh, four shop employees, and a lot going on. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So you have to be licensed mm -hmm. to, and as guides, they have to be licensed as well? Correct. What does that mean? What do you have to do to be a licensed outfitter or a guide? So there's kind of an internship program that we go through anymore. A lot of other places offer uh, outfitting schools. Uh, Worldcast does. ISU used to do it as well. But you pretty much go through one to two years in the shop, working through getting to know how to interact with the clientele that we have. Also, just like I did, being out on the water every day, getting to know the river, because the South Fork is a big girl. She will sneak up on you very quickly. And you have to be competent enough to manage the boat down the river where there's very little going on from the rower's point and concentrating on the fish, fishing for the people and holding a certain distance from the bank. You can't be in and out and all over. It's not so much like whitewater rafting where you point her down the middle and Go for it. It's, not too many rocks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> rocks are bad. Um, but um, yeah, it's it's really about the fishing and the clientele and it just being seamless for them. Zach, um, on that training, do you also have to do any survival or first aid training with that? Yeah, we go through a bunch of that stuff. Uh, you know, you have to have your first aid CPR. You pretty much go through the crash course of me or Chris or some of the other senior guides where we'll put we'll sit in the front of the boat and you have to manage it to where we don't feel dangerous. And until that time, you don't get to guide. You have to do two training trips on each section with a licensed guide before you get signed off. And then it gets sent to the Idaho uh, outfitting board and they do the finishing steps. We have a board. We do. So when you say finishing steps, they have to take an exam? Well, they look into your past, um, whether you've had any infractions that they think are out of line for them. It's ac it's actually pretty surprising how stringent they are on back, things. It's a background check. It's a full background check, yep. Um, if felonies, I mean, all the way down to traffic violations, you have to disclose everything because, again, you literally have people's lives in your hands, and it's very easy to put them in danger oh, when there's water involved. I didn't realize it was that complex. I mm -hmm. just thought maybe just somebody who's been outside can you know get hired on and take people. It's, it's not like that at all. No, the state of Idaho is set up for public use instead of private use, so commercial use. So they regulate everything, and each outfitting permit can only have 12 guides on it, and there's a total of only seven or eight on the South Fork. So in order to break into the you know top tier of guides, it takes years. I mean, I've been doing it 20 years. My head guide, Brad, has been doing it close to 30. Ed's been doing it 35. So the tier level is, they set the bar very high, and it takes oh a while. Oh, my gosh, I didn't realize. that. So they, ha they limit the number of guides mm -hmm. who can guide on a river or a section of a river? Correct. Wow. So it does, it's like any other job, whether it be, 
you know, in business or whatever, it takes dedication to get to where you want to be. You don't just like say in Montana, just I got a license, I'm going to go do it. Right. <clears throat> you have to put your dues in and your time in and start off on the job that nobody wants to get to the job you want. So that's pretty cool. That's yeah. really cool. I didn't realize all that. All right. So you, the business that we're talking about here, the one that you are the, uh, the manager of the outfitters for, they've been in business for uh, at least 20 years. Well, the lodge was built in 2001, and that's when Mark Rockefeller bought it. Uh, no, actually, he bought it in 97. The lodge was built in 2001, but Spence Warner, the previous owner, had it for, gosh, 20 years prior. Oh, my gosh. So when you say lodge, you're talking about a lodge where the business is housed, or is this also where lodging Yeah, our outfitter place? sits right by the river. It's a separate building, and then we have a lodge that sleeps up to 36 people. Yeah. Wow. And it's... Pretty good business, huh? Yeah. It's pretty big, yeah. Yeah. What, what are the busy times of the years for you with this? Our busy times, we open in uh, late May and we run through October. You know, the, the heyday season is usually June through first part of October, but the fishing on the South Fork is an anomaly. It's good whenever you go, unless they jack the water really high. Unless Zach, they jack the water. How <clears throat> uh, much advance are usually booked out? Um, Booked up pretty much a year in advance, but there's through our other guides, um, you know, we typically always have availability. It, it helps not to book the day before you want to go, but <laughs> we do still have, you will get lucky sometimes because we have uh, our sister company, Henry's Fork Anglers up on the Henry's Fork lets us use some of their day trips. So we actually have 16 boats a day that we can run and we can work with them and get more if needed. So we're very fortunate on that end. So these are day trips where you go out and come back in and stay at the lodge, or do you go out and camp along the river? We have a private camp on the river. It's uh, kind of like camping. It's more glamping. There's wall tents <laughs> with actual, there's actual beds in the tents. Uh, but we go down through the canyon section, and that's a two-day float. And we have one of our camp jacks come down, which is also kind of part of the internship and learning program as you get to camp jack, which is a lot of fun. because Camp jack, would you define that for me, please? Yep, you set up the camp. Well, set up meaning you make the beds, um, you know, prepare everybody's tents, uh, cook dinner, breakfast, and you're pretty much in charge of just the flow of camp okay. during while the guests are there. All right. Well, cool. All right. Let's go ahead, Paul. Oh, so um, your your guests are, I mean, are they a higher income bracket or are they, low, or are they all over the place? Uh, it's from the highest of highs to the people that save their pennies, you know, for two years to come do it. And we treat each one as they were the exact same. That is awesome. All right, tell, tell me about the other business, your business that you have down in Florida. Uh, Skinny Salt Charters, that's also a partnership with Natural Retreats who owns South Fork Lodge. Uh, I go down there for three months a year. It was after, well, when I was teaching at ISU, the, you know, the winter season for guiding is hard. You know, you have to either save your coins during the summer to make it through winter or have something else to do. And that's why I taught at ISU. And then I just, you know, the pull of the sun and the water took me down there through various friends fishing. And I've been guiding down there for seven, eight years now. Oh my gosh, where's down there? In uh, it's in the lower Florida Keys. Lower I, Florida Keys. Yeah, yeah. That's a beautiful place. It's incredible. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Are we talking gator country? Uh, saltwater crocodile country. All right. Sharks. 
things like that. All yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've been down a little bit of that neck of the woods. You walk along the beach. There's sharks. There's little sharks following you along the side. There, it, yeah. It's a, that's a beautiful place. And that's got to be a different kind of a fishing. Are you still fly fishing there? It is. I do both down there just because the rod differences, it takes some skill and practice them and know how to know how to manage the tool. Um, so I do, I do spinning rod as well. Okay. Whether it be live tackle, artificial lures, or fly. Man, oh man. And people who would like to book with you on that, is that the same kind of thing? they got to get you kind of looking out ahead of time to, to reserve a spot? Yeah, down in the Keys as well, you know, it's more of an open free-for-all. However, there is a top tier. You know, the local guides and stuff kind of have a hierarchy down there, but it takes time to break into it. They keep yeah. it pretty close to the belt yeah. when they're... Yeah. So it took a, a lot of time and perseverance to break in and have somebody even acknowledge your existence down there. So it's very different, very, yeah. very different. Now, there, there's equipment involved with you. have equipment at, at both yeah. locations, At correct? both locations, right. yes. Now, in your business, do you own that equipment? Yes. All right. So what yeah. happens to it when you're not uh, down there in the, in the winter up here? Well, again, I'm very fortunate that I have clients that I've known for a long time, and my boat is sitting very happy at their ranch, covered <laughs> and taken care of. Oh, that's nice. It's good to have friends. It is. Very, very good. All right. So what's, your, what's the long-term plan for you with this? Are you going to grow both of these? You know, I, again, have been fortunate. Uh, I'm at a stage now where it has grown beyond where I could ever imagine. I mean, down in the Florida Keys, in the time frame I'm down there, I only have 12 days available still and during the summer i'm at max capacity really and work seven days a week four days managing three days guiding and go for it so, so you don't take vacations this is your vacation i live other people's vacations yeah it's uh people pay to do what i do we joke around we get paid to play it we do do vacations i do get to travel a lot you know we do have in the off seasons and stuff like that i you know, do travel quite a bit. Yeah, I was wondering, like, this is, this is a phenomenal job for somebody who likes to do this. This is just incredibly uh, fulfilling. But, you know, you want to stay, you know, current with, with the field or the craft of fishing. Correct. There's new equipment that comes along. I mean, how do you stay up with, with all of that? Well, <laughs> being a big retailer shop, you know, we are kind of force-fed it. So it, uh, we have reps coming in constantly. You know, selling new merchandise, new products. We go to fly fishing shows, uh, which are held regionally. Um, there's any, there's smaller ones from Idaho Falls, uh, larger ones in Salt Lake, huge ones in Denver, and other big cities. And those are held. You know, every few months they have one at a different site, so you can keep up with you know what other outfitters are doing, rod technology, various things. Wow. So you stay you stay busy just about all year round. You yeah. barely have time to eat lunch, is what it sounds like, but you're having fun at it. So the engineering uh, degree idea is, is really in the past. Will you ever get back to something like that, or you think you'll stay with this? It is something that definitely sticks with me. You know, I, I quit a little early, and I would recommend to people, even if you are looking at different fields or whatever, you know, to always finish what you started. And that is one of the regrets I have. You know, a retail manager is a uh, lawyer. He guided you know through college and stuff going through took a couple years outside of the field when got his law degree worked in houston uh he's very 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 intelligent guy and he um decided it just wasn't for him 
and had various opportunities where he could leave that field and kind of came back to what he loved to do, and he's very good at it. So, oh, so neat, so neat. I don't know that uh, there's a lot of folks who get to follow a passion and, and make a living at it, but, you know, good for you for finding that. And, yeah. Uh, if somebody else wanted to, to jump into this business, somebody says, you know, I love fishing so much. This is what I want to do. What would you recommend they do as a start? You know, there's a lot of different things, you know, and that applies to a lot of different fields. You know, we have hospitality managers, you know, our, our general manager and all through. I mean, we have chefs, our full kitchen staff, you know, that went to culinary schools. All the people kind of have a central thread that they are professionals in what they do, but they still love fishing in the river. That being said, you know, you, you do have to start off at the ground level if you're wanting to get into guiding, unless you have, you know, massive amounts of experience on other rivers and we kind of know who you are, you still have to run the paces. Because again, the South Fork, a lot of rivers at other times, say you're flowing at one to three or 4,000 CFS, it's a big flow. The South Fork during the summer will pump 14 to 16,000 CFS that you're actively CFS guiding it. Cubic feet, cubic feet per, second? per second. So think That's of it as 16,000 basketballs going by every second. <laughs> it's a lot. That's and, a great visual. Yeah. <laughs> so, Zach, um, you're taking people out to do fly fishing, right? Yep. Now, I, I know a gentleman who used to, you know, make his own flies. Yeah, absolutely. Now, those are two separate things in the fly fishing world. Oh, right? absolutely. You know, yeah, you're kind of talking about, yeah, the, the fly tying world. It's kind of their whole separate sect of, you know, crazy, you know, scientists in the corners. Um, <laughs> But the ingenuity of it in that whole aspect as well is just as creative as, you know, how you row a drift boat or manage anything. It's a whole nother world. It's the art field of fly fishing that has no limits. Well, and I know that the gentleman I knew, um, he, he, you could have a half hour conversation on just this one fly that he made. Oh, Did yeah. you find that? Yeah, when you go with a couple of the professors on the river, say Ken Burkholder, Larry Larson, which runs Snake River Angler here in town, they will go through, they'll pull out a bug, and you'll have a half-hour conversation about the bug and fish it for 30 seconds. It, uh, <laughs> they, that's, that's what they do, yeah. So There's the zen of fly fishing. So, so do you tie your own flies? Yeah, it's, it's something I never got into for a long time. I said, you know, you know, there's snipers and spotters, there's people that make bullets. I was the guy that always, I was more of the fisherman aspect of it. And through what I do now, uh, yeah, I've developed a couple flies and, you know, I was fortunate enough to get second to the Jacksonville one fly this last year on a fly I really tied. And I never really thought about how much, you know, that you kind of did everything in the whole process from tying the fly to fishing the fly to casting it and it. It was very gratifying, yeah. So. I mean, really, uh, fly fishing is like the zen of fishing, right? Absolutely. And that's... Oh, don't forget the fish now. There's probably certain well, fish out there going, I'm looking for a fly, <laughs> you know, and they're you know, not going for anything. You know, that's the thing. If you talk to fly fishers, because I don't fly fish, but I've right. had plenty of conversation, you know, actual catching a fish is not a gigantic thing that comes into the conversation a lot of times. It's the fly. It's, yeah. it's the fly and it's the, the casting and, and you know, it's, it's everything else. But the actual catching of the fish doesn't come into the conversation a lot. There's kind of a progression we talk about in fly fishing. Like uh, when you're starting off, you just want to catch a fish. 
and then you want to catch a bunch of fish, and then you just want to catch big fish, and then you just want to go fishing. <laughs> so, it, you know. It's like going full, full circle. Yeah, yeah. You so. know, th this is awesome. I, I want to give you an opportunity to, you know, tell us a little bit about uh, how would people get a hold of you if you're at uh, South Fork Outfitters or if we're doing skinny salt charters. Is there a way that if somebody sees this and goes, you know, I, I want to talk to Zach, how would they reach you? You know, they can call us at our fly shop uh, at 208-483-2112, uh, or my cell phone's uh, is the best way to get a hold of me for the saltwater stuff is 208-241-1072. And we also have a website, which is naturalretreats.com. Cool. Very yeah. cool. So, I mean, what a great thing. I mean, uh, whether it's uh, wintertime or summertime, fly fishing is available, and there's some great uh, sources for you. And Zach, uh, man, you got a great job. I, I do love people it. People are envious. Oh. And how about that? It's time to stop our, our, our Sweet Talk interview. This is, this is great. Cool. Zach, that, that's perfect timing. Did you have a question? You were trying to get to something? Well, I, I think you kind of answered um, how from Idaho to Florida. Uh, you know, at the time, I was a junior guide, and two of the head guides, a husband and wife team, they would go down to Florida and do what I did, the back and forth every year, and we would con them into, you know, pay for their fuel and dinners and, you know, and leave them a tip at the end. And so I was fortunate enough to be trained by them and they were extremely generous and good. I bought one of their boats when they were getting out of it. And, yeah. Excellent. Oh. Excellent. Yeah. A lot of things fall into place for this, but this is awesome. Let's go ahead and close this up. Our time is up. And um, thanks to uh, Zach Payton for talking to us today with some great stories and information about uh, fly fishing, fly guiding. Up here in Idaho, uh, beautiful Idaho, down in down in Florida Keys, mm -hmm. two great opportunities. Zach, it's been it's been uh, terrific speaking with you. I hope some people have gotten uh, in the audience have gotten some insights into this thing. If uh, if you need to find out more, if you want to follow us uh, uh, on anything else, you know, I, I need to talk to you about an outfitting school. Maybe there's some opportunities for Sweet with that. But I hope you'll uh, take a look at our at our website, cetrain.isu.edu, and uh, let us know what you think about the podcast about these interviews suggest anything else and uh, thanks for joining us on sweet talk we're done awesome cool man continuing education workforce training sweet is comprised of professionals dedicated to serving your educational needs we understand that when it comes to your future it's all about you because our staff and faculty have real-world experience actually doing what they teach, our students obtain the skills and knowledge they are looking for to be competitive in today's marketplace. For more information, please visit our website, ctrain.isu.edu. That is ctrain.isu.edu. Or call us at 208-282-3372.